Team Athletics Podcast. Be sure to check us out on iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. Click that subscribe button and leave a comment. Anyways, I got my guys Q and Tevin in here. I'm your host, Kyle Coglatore, and we have the pleasure of having former number one player in the country, state champ, McDonald's All-American, three-time Minnesota Player of the Year, three-time Gatorade Player of the Year, Mr. Basketball, Natty Champ winner, most outstanding player of the NCAA Tournament, NBA first-round draft pick and Minnesota legend Tyus Jones is with us today. How's it going, Tyus? Good, good. Thank you guys for having me. It's a hell of a resume. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to. I'm still trying to build it. I'm still trying to build it. Trying to add add a few, uh, you know, a few more, few more bullet points to it. Bro, you're only missing a, a championship in the league. What have you <laughs> need that. That might be the might be the toughest to. one to get. Might be the toughest one to get. Well, first off, dude, I really want to say, um, I know it's a few months late, but congratulations on your baby boy, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. I appreciate that a lot. That's, uh, that's probably the, uh, the thing that, that you didn't read off on the resume that I, that I'm most proud of and, and, and most happy about. So I appreciate that. I know, I know faith and family are, you know, really big pillars in your life. And, um, I just personally, uh, wanted to ask you what's been the craziest part about parenthood. Man, just the, the the instant bond, um, you know, that I have with my son just that's just comes naturally the second he's I mean, obviously before he's even born, but the second he comes into this world, it's just a, a bond um, and a feeling that's just unmatched and that you can't really even put into words. Um, it's just so, so, so special. And I, you know, I, I pray that everybody, you know, gets to experience that feeling because it's just a connection like like no other. He, he literally makes everything else in the world seem um, you know, like an afterthought, you know, he's, he's what comes first and, and foremost, he's what I think about first thing when I wake up, he's what I think about last thing at night and, um, pretty, you know, everything, everything I do and everything I'm doing, you know, is, is about him. So, um, it's just a feeling that I, that I can't really explain or put into words. Man, that's awesome. That, that's so awesome, dude. Um, and I know Q because there's a lot of other things I want to segue into about what you do in the community before we get into the accolades and sports. But Q, I know you wanted to bring up how we got him on the show. So why, why don't you why don't you bust <laughs> his chops a little bit real quick? Well, you know we uh, we've been in communication for uh, you know some time now, and uh, you know it's been thrown out there. But this specific thing, you know, I had to throw in an, an incentive to lock in that date. You know, we're in a, a Madden franchise online on Xbox and you know I had to come off of my my best player you know my <laughs> Eddie Jackson I had to make sure he was damn finished. yeah it's uh we'll we'll keep that under hopefully nobody in the in the league you know gets on to <laughs> to view this this podcast but that's definitely what uh what what got the 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 date locked in ASAP for sure <laughs> That's true. Reverse that trade so quick. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it was for Buda Baker, so I'm I'm not losing that bad. But I mean, obviously, who would you have? Who would you rather? Have? Eddie Jackson, of course. But I mean, I got some value back, and you know, we we locked it in. So I mean, it was most deaf, most deaf. <laughs> hey, dude, I'm I'm really glad you made the executive decision and sacrificed that for the show. The show needed that. We needed Tyus. <laughs> 
So we're really appreciative over here at Elite. So thank you. <laughs> team first, team first. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, then going back, you know, you're the first NBA ambassador for the United Heroes League organization that benefits military families. Um, you also inspire kids through Write Your Own Story, which I know is a, is a really big model of yours. And you've been saying that for a minute since, mm -hmm. man, how, how far back? Was it like eighth grade when you started telling people that? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of when I, um, probably probably eighth grade, freshman years when I really kind of locked into that that phrase or that that saying, I guess you could call it. It was something that growing up, my dad um, always used to tell me that, always used to say, write your own story. And I mean, as you guys know, when you're, you know, a kid, a lot of times when your parents are telling you stuff, it's in one ear, out the other, and you don't really grasp it until you get older. And it makes, makes a little more sense. And you're like, oh, okay, that's why you were, you know, saying it. So that was one of those things where the, once I got a little bit older, eighth grade, freshman year, um, you know, sports kind of started picking up for me. Um, I just, one day that, that, that phrase kind of locked in, um, you know, with me and just something that my dad had repeatedly told me throughout my life. And, really just, you know, just hit home for me one day. And, you know, even to this day, it's been something that I um, lean on, kind of fall back on and continue to try to push to, to you know, to the younger generation now, um, you know, and hopefully it can help impact as many, as many lives um, the way it, it impacted mine. Well, and, and on top of that, man, you, you turn it in the coolest thing, um, the, the labs you're doing with mm -hmm. the write your story labs. I mean, yeah. You're refurbishing or upgrading computer labs in schools all over the state. And I don't even know if you're going beyond the state, but here I know it's affected a lot of lives. Um, yeah. Tell us about the giving back because you're also doing camps and clinics and you got your own AAU team now. And mm -hmm. um, Yeah, I mean, giving back, um, you know, the youth is just extremely important for me to um, – you know, try to have a, as, as big of an impact that, that I can just because I know when I was in their shoes, um, you know, professional athletes, um, not even necessarily professional athletes, but just older, older athletes, whether it was high school, college guys, um, pro athletes, obviously you're looking up to those guys and those, those people are just so they're, they seem like they're in another world because they get to do what you hope and dream to do one day. So for me, looking back on it, I'm like, I want to try to impact and touch as many of those young kids lives that I can, because I know how um, influential you can be. I know how, how much that means to them, even if it's such a, you know, a small thing of hanging out with, with them for a day or having a camp and being extremely involved in your own camp. I know there's a lot of people that do camps and they might stop in and make an appearance for a half hour. But like, for me, I try to keep my camps a little smaller so I can have more, you know, one-on-one -on -one communication and interaction with the kids because I know that'll go such a, you know, a, a much longer way. Um, and then to touch quick on the the learning labs, it's just something that I felt I've been trying to, yeah, refurbish or upgrade um, some uh, like computer labs, technology labs um, in some different schools across the across the state. And I've been able to complete two so far, one at XL Academy um, and then one at my former uh, elementary school, Westview Elementary here in Apple Valley. Um, and it's just been because I, I decided to do um, computer labs or technology labs just because of how big um, technology has become nowadays um, and how it's so important for people to be able to be to run 
you know, the, the newest computer slash laptops or how learning has now gone from, you know, everything's on a, a whiteboard to now, you know, they have the smart boards or the projection screens and everything's kind of just continue to upgrade with technology. So I just felt like um, that, that would be a cool thing to try to help give back and I've been able to, to do it a, a couple different times and to see the kids reactions, um, you know, on their faces when they walk into their computer lab and it's completely redone with all, you know, new computer screens and headphones and a new projection screen. It's just, there's, there's no feeling like it and um, would like to continue to expand to do it in, in other places and would like to do it in, in Memphis now with me being down there and things like that. So I don't see me being done doing that anytime soon, just because, I mean, giving back to the, to the youth is, um, you know, such a, it's just a surreal and, and great feeling. Bro. And the, these computer labs, bro, they're, they're top notch. When I when yeah, I saw those, they were like that when I was a kid. <laughs> right, right, right. Me either. Me either. But I think that's that's kind of the whole goal is to to make it to make the you know the next generation better. You know what I mean? I think especially with COVID hitting, you see how how like we're on a Zoom call right now doing a podcast. It's just like things are are so much different already with technology, and then it's taken a, another step with, I think kind of how COVID has gone and I just continue, I think it'll continue to, we'll see how big technology will continue to get. So, you know, I, I, I mean, me personally, and I don't know if this is something that you have much say over when you, when you create these on, on what kind of programs people will run, but um, you know, it'd be crazy to see if, if somehow learning changed, especially in like the music side where some of these computer programs were teaching kids how to create, you know, create, right. the, create, you know, at a young age, if you learn that at, you know, how to operate and, and mix and, and master vocals and things like that at a elementary level, imagine what you'd be doing by the time you're in ninth grade. Like, right. For sure. And I think that'll, that'll allow kids to think outside the box a little more and not wait till they're in their second year of college and be like, you know what, I, I really like music, but I never thought of that as, you know, something that I could have a profession in or, do you know as my as my main you know source of income so i think that i agree with you 100 percent on that like giving kids an opportunity to learn about you know different things not necessarily just heading the book from you know kindergarten till you know college i couldn't agree more man i hope i you know somebody like you has a voice where hopefully that can resonate with somebody in power that's in control of that because dude it would make classes so much more fun it, it like what you're putting into the schools, it has so much capability to be so much beyond what the curriculum is going to expose them to. Right. So it'd be cool if they showed them something that would be programs or, or you know, actually writing uh, websites like that. What, what do they call that? Q, you know, all that stuff. Like coding stuff. Yes. Like all that kind of stuff. Imagine if you learned that at, at fifth grade or sixth grade, right. or, you would be ahead of the game, man. For I'm sure. already obsolete. I'm 30. I'm obsolete. <laughs> But okay, so let, let's get back. I was segueing, but um, Howard Pulley, you were the face of Howard Pulley for years, man. And now, it I, I guess here I, I still follow everything in the AAU scene. It's kind of been going downhill for them, unfortunately. I'm really shocked, like, because you created your own. I'm I'm surprised you didn't just take over Howard or, or make that one Tyus. Or can you break that down for me? How that all played out? Yeah. Um. So it kind of. I mean. It, it really touches back on like the, the youth part of it. I wanted to, 
I've always wanted to have my own AAU team uh, since I was coming up. Just AAU was such a big part of my my life, but my basketball career specifically. And um, so growing up, I always knew I wanted to have my own AAU team and wanted to have my name on it. And um, so once I was able to, to, you know, enter the league and, you know, had a you know sponsorship deal and was able to kind of put my AAU team in place, uh, Howard Pulley is, is family to me. Um, and so that also played a, a role in choosing the age group that I, that I selected. And I, and I decided to do um, fifth through eighth grade, um, an AAU program, just fifth through eighth grade teams. And um, just so I could focus on, on the youth and once again, try to have a, um, a quicker impact on their development, their, um, you know, skills and, and IQ, just because I feel like the younger you're able to get, you know, the kids and work with them, um, get in the gym and, and teach them the fundamentals and um, teach them how to play the game the right way, especially AAU is already looked at as you're just playing games, roll the ball out and let's just play. So we wanted to do it a little bit differently and really focus on the skill work, focus on structure, put in, you know, um, a system offensively, defensively. Um, and we just felt like the younger you can do that, the better the kids will be in the long run. So it kind of goes back to just continuing to work with the youth, um, to trying to, trying to get to, you know, help shape the, you know, the younger kids, you know, basketball wise now in this AAU sense. And, um, so that's kind of where we focused on, um, you know, for, for age group wise. And eventually the plan is to continue to expand, um, to have, you know, older teams as well, but that's just kind of how we got started with, um, you know, getting the AAU program going. And now we're on year, I mean, four or five, uh, now, and it's, it's just been, it's been great. And does JD help you with that too? He does. Yeah, yeah. he does. It, he I does. mean, JD is, I mean, you come from a huge basketball family, man. Like mm -hmm. your dad played, your mom played, your aunt played, your uncle played, your cousin played, your cousin's still on the staff for Baylor. Um, your brother yeah. is about to be a first round draft pick. Um, both yeah. of your brothers played too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like, I, you know, I always say I was born into a basketball family, like basketball was in my blood. So, I mean, from before I can remember, I mean, I had a basketball in my hands. I was in a gym, like, you know what I mean? When I, when I was in a, in a carrier, my, both my parents were still playing in pro-am leagues and different things like that. And I'm 10 years younger than JD. So I was always running around the gym at his, you know, traveling games, AAU games and eventually high school games. So it's like basketball was just, I mean, in my, in my blood. So. And JD was cold, man. He was cold. <laughs> yeah. That's what, yeah. A lot of people don't, don't know. Like I come from, yeah, I come from, from talents. Like I got to learn from JD, like JD's still my trainer to this day. So it's like I, a lot of the credit goes to, to him and to my mom and to my, my dad and everything like that. So it's not, it's not just a, a one-off. It's a, it's definitely a, a group. It was a, it was a group, um, everyone coming in, you know, together collectively. So. So when did you start? taking it more serious because i know wasn't it like eighth grade you stopped playing football and baseball and and when did you start treating it like yo this is a job um yeah so going into my freshman year of high school um that fall i was invited to you know the usa basketball um like training camp and that's kind of when it hit me like okay i might have a like a future with you know this orange ball um because that was just I played varsity my eighth grade year, had some success, and 
you know, was starting to, Some you know, success. think, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was, you know, just, I mean, just being honest, being humble at the, I mean, at the time I knew I was doing something special by playing as, you know, varsity as an eighth grader, but I still knew I had a long ways to go. Um, but when I got that invite my freshman fall year to go out there and play with the, I mean, the best freshman in the country, it was like, okay, you might be, you're, you're on to something like you're, you're doing something right. And so that's just when I decided to go all in with, with hoops and, you know, it was tough giving up football, it was tough giving up baseball. Um, but I knew in the, in the long run, basketball is what I wanted to do. So I was just going to go all in with it. Um, and that's just kind of when I locked in on it and, and just started putting my, putting my all into the game. So for all of our young listeners that are going to be hearing this, you know, Tyus made a life choice at 14, right? Mm -hmm. You would have been 14 then. 14 yep. years old, man. He was only on the planet for 14 years. And then he decided to treat this like a job. So can you kind of tell me what your day-to-day -day life was like at 14 when you were taking it serious about basketball? Like, were you training before school, after school? Yeah. Yeah, so I was going um, – I was working out every day. Um, I mean, in the fall, obviously, it's um, before the season. But um, I was getting up every every morning. I would either work out in the morning, you know, before school, 6 a.m., or I was making sure I was getting in a workout after school. But with fall sports and stuff like that, it was it was tough to get in the gym a lot of times. So a lot of times it was just in the mornings, getting up early before school, putting in the work and um, just sticking to, to that grind um, and trying to, you know, make sure that, you know, no one was out working me. And so that day that started my, my freshman year. And I know a lot of people like a topic is, um, is it good to lock in on one sport or is it better to, you know, play multiple sports? And I, I actually don't have a, you know, a stance on that. I decided to, to lock in on one sport, but I'm not opposed to playing multiple sports. Like I've known there's been successful athletes who've played two, three sports all the way up through high school. You know what I mean? And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing um, by any means. Uh, I just decided what I wanted to do was lock in on, on basketball. And I knew if I were to play those other sports, even throughout high school, um, my focus would have been on basketball the whole time. And I didn't think that would have been fair to, the current team I was on my football team or my baseball team and things like that. So the other thing too, is like you actually played to eighth grade, you know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. Was that the last year you played football? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, a lot of these kids are deciding at, you know, five years old, like, Oh, I'm only going to play hockey. Or, right. I'm only going to play once. And bro, you don't even know what you like. You're five. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Exactly. right. But, and a lot of times it's the parents too, pushing them in that direction to, you know, Oh, well, my son's going to be a football player just like I was or, baseball player and it's like and especially did you get that from your parents i mean your mom what was a national or not national uh, state champion in devil's mm -hmm. lake right yeah, yeah so did, yep, correct. did they push you more towards basketball because it was just a basketball family they again i leave it open to you for you to decide i mean yeah they kind of left it open to me um naturally like i said we were just in the gym so mm -hmm. I, like i feel like at the end of the day basketball was going to be what i did regardless that's just we're just a, a hoops family um but like when i was playing football and baseball I mean, it was the same. They were supporting me all in on it at every single one of my games. Like, it wasn't like, yeah. uh, you know, he's happy about playing football this year or he wants to go to his baseball tournament. You know what I mean? It was just whatever I was doing, they were fully supporting it and not necessarily pushing basketball on me. But basketball was always, I mean, the love, you know, from, yeah, that was always from the first love. From, yeah, exactly, from the very beginning. And, and Kyle mentioned, you know, Trey most likely going to be a, a first-round NBA draft pick. What was that kind of brotherly rivalry like? Because he's what four years younger than four you? years. Yeah. Yes. What was what was that rivalry like? Kind of him having to like 
did he push you at all? Like, cause oh, I got my little brother on my coattails trying to be better than me. Uh, yeah, it was. I would say it was probably the other way around. Like he was trying to just, he was always trying to keep up with me. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, going even further back, like I was always trying to keep up with JD, and JD was ten years older than me. So it's like Trey could actually keep up, you know, with me, and he always was going everywhere I went and hanging out with me and my friends and trying to do what I did. And he's, you know, four years younger than me. So he could, he could kind of, you know, keep up to a sense. Yeah. Um, and I just think that that just helped push him, you know, to see like where he needs to continue to go and, um, you know, how, how far he needs to continue to come. Um, but it's, it's just the same thing. That's just what little, I mean, little brothers do. And so I never looked at it as like annoying or anything like that, that, you know, your little brother wants to, you know, be where you are, or do what you do. Um, because that was what I did with my, you know, with JD. So, um, but yeah, it was, it's, it's been a, it's been a fun journey. It's been such a, such a cool journey for me just to see, you know, where Trey is now, because like I said, from the beginning, it's been him tagging along, doing everything that I was doing. He would sit on the end of, you know, my, my team's benches, you know, with, with the Jersey on, he got a Jersey just like, you know, we all did just waiting, (laughs) wanting to get in the game. You know what I mean? just like little stuff like that. And so for now, for me to see where he's at, um, it's just such a such a cool thing. Q, you were about to say something. I was going to say, uh, just tapping back into kind of the early high school experience for you. Uh, you actually played with my fiance's cousin, Tom Schalk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all were on the same team, so yeah, being able to play play with him. Uh, Tom's amazing, man. I always uh, I always end up telling people like Tom was so extremely underrated like people don't know a lot of people who know you know like especially minnesota high school hoops they know like how good tom was especially like at the time but like this dude was six nine could shoot the three could put it on the floor like he's he was doing everything then that you ask you know your your stretch fours to do now and at the time it was a completely different ball game it was a three out two in like half court game like that's how just people played and he was our center obviously in high school being that tall but like he could shoot the three and it was like just looked at as different you know what I mean so it's like Mm -hmm. he was he was a a a little bit ahead of his time but man this dude could could hoop and I remember like my eighth grade year and my freshman year like Tom was our like Tom was our best player and like I would get like all the the credit because I was the young guy playing varsity and playing up and this and that. But it's like this Tom is a walking like he's scoring twenty five points a game effortlessly. You know what I mean? Like and he made my job so much easier because I had I always had an outlet to pass to. I always had a guy I could get the ball to and he could get a bucket. You know what I mean? So it's like um, Tom man made my job extremely easy and helped me transition into you know, becoming the player I wanted to be um, at the high school level because a lot of times throwing a, a young guy in there like that um, without any, if if I didn't have any pieces around me, it would have been a, pretty overwhelming. So, like, for him, he just he just made it extremely easy for me. And, yeah, it's just a, a small world that Q is, like, that's about to, he's about to be family in a, in a sense to, to you, so. <laughs> wow, man, it's crazy because uh... – like I was looking through one of her high school scrapbooks and then like the Minnesota paper they'll have, you know, the girls section, the guys section. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, let me just look at some stats in the paper. And I saw his name with a box score of like 27. Like, he was putting up. Yeah. He was putting up, man, this dude was nice. I'm telling you, like, 
He was he was nice. So all I'm hearing is a tryout for the Grizzlies is in store for Tom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't even know if if Tom's hooping still, but I ran into him. I think it was last, probably about a year ago. Um, it's just man, it's like memories just come come right back. You know, I, I, or go ahead. I see him. I'm just like, hey, you you been playing anywhere? And he's like, nah, man, I don't touch a ball. Nothing. <laughs> He's over it. He's over it. Yeah. Um. So running back to eighth grade, dude, you said you had some success. You were averaging 17 points and eight assists as a freaking 14-year-old kid against 18-year-olds, whatever, 17, 18-year-olds. You get your first – or you're 13. You're 13 mm-hmm. years old. Correction. You get your first letter from USC. Yeah. Were they sending you money in an envelope that day? Like, yo, just sign. What's going on? I mean, they've been known to do that. I just want to know. No, no, man. It was, um, I, I'll never forget the day, like, my high school coach handed me the like, USC envelope. And I just, I'm looking at it like, what? It, what is this? Like, USC, like, what are, they, what are they sending me? Like, so I go home and I remember just opening it up, sitting here in the living room, and I'm just like, it's my first like recruiting letter. And it was like one of those camp flyer, like just to invite right. to their summer camp. Like they, they probably send out a million of them, but I'm just like, man, I just got my first letter. Like, this is so crazy. Like I'm doing something right. You know what I mean? And it was like, kind of from then, from then on the mail started coming in more and more. And it's like, your name starts getting out there a little more. And college is so funny. Cause once one, like when one school starts recruiting you, the next school hears about it. So then they, mm-hmm. they want to get in on it. And then the next school hears about it. So it's just like, once it started, started rolling, um, then, then, you know, the recruiting really, really kind of blew up. Yeah. But and yeah, for me, like at the time being 13, it's just like crazy to even think about, like, are they really thinking about me coming to play for their college? You know what I mean? Like, it's just so far in the future that you're not really thinking like that yet. And, and for me with, with just it being USC, and I, I don't know if you were big on uh, He's Got Game, but for me, that was like that movie, like hoop movie. Yeah. And that was a school that Jesus Shuttlesworth was kind of thinking about. And I was just thinking like, uh, bro, that'd be crazy. The first one's that letter. That's just nuts. All yeah, right, that is my crazy. Bad. My bad, Tevin. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say, like, obviously you ended up going to Duke. But and so when other schools that are smaller kind of see like, oh, that's his, his top five. He's, you know, the Dukes, the Kentucky, the Blue Bloods type of the mm-hmm. world. They have to like the... Uh, kind of the smaller schools have to do something crazy to kind of get your attention. Was there anything that stood out from like a coach that was like, I know I just got to shoot my shot. We're going to just do something outlandish. Um, no, not, not that crazy. Cause I mean, like I said, it's recruiting is such a funny, funny thing. Like, and I don't know how it is for, for everybody, but, I can only speak from my, from my personal experience, but like when, when you're going into it and, you know, I'm a ranked recruit, you know, I'm mm-hmm. highly ranked and those things. So once, you know, the big blue bloods start coming after you, um, it almost is like the, the smaller schools kind of fall back because they think you're not even going to consider them in a way. So it's yeah. like, obviously your hometown school stays, you know, keep continue to recruit you um and for me it's like the the schools surrounding um continue as well but for the most part the the so-called smaller schools kind of start to eliminate themselves 
um, unless they feel like early on they have a really strong connection with, you know, with that player. Um, so I just think for me it was like once, you know, Dukes and the Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, like those schools started coming around, it was kind of those those schools were the ones that I was really talking to. And so none of them feel like, I mean, they obviously all have great resumes. They've had put out, a, all of them have put out a, a lot of pros and you know what I mean, won championships and all those things like that. So I don't have any crazy like stories from any, any smaller schools or anything like that, but um, that's only from my, my personal, you know, experience. Running it back though, a little bit, rewind. That first scholarship officially comes in freshman year from Iowa. That's mm -hmm. a big 10 school. That's a big deal. Like, I mean, yeah. even the, the letter is crazy at 13, but like your first official offer is a big 10 school. Good Lord. Yeah. It was, uh, once again, another night, like I, I won't forget just because I never took any of those things for granted. Like I didn't think growing up in Apple Valley, Minnesota, like I'm not thinking about those things being, those are dreams and goals of mine playing in college and I want to go to the NBA, but those aren't things that you actually reach in a way, you know what I mean? So you're not thinking of it like that. They're just actually, they're dreams. So when I, when I got that first scholarship offer, I'm like, what, like, what is, what, what does that mean? You know what I mean? I'm like that. So I can go to Iowa and play basketball under scholarship. You know what I mean? It's just like, and I'm a freshman. Like that's just this, you know, this is happening. You, in a way you're thinking like, eventually I'm going to start getting some, some scholarship offers. But once it start like that first one, when it happened, it was just, it was such a, such a crazy, you know, crazy feeling and, and moment because it's just like, okay, you're continuing to go, you know, down the right path. You know what I mean? It's, it's starting to, to tell you like what you're doing is, is working. So continue to, you know, continue to do that and continue to, to stay, stay, stay the course. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was crazy. And it's like, yeah, I was, I mean, big 10 school. Um, so it was, I mean, it was, yeah, it was a crazy feeling. In that moment, is it hard to not jump and be like, yeah, bro, I'll sign right here. Just give me the free education. Yeah. Cause you start, your mind just starts going and you're like, I could see myself playing at Iowa. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, <laughs> and then you realize it's like, you know what I mean? Like you start envisioning all the different things and like, Iowa, it's not that far from Minnesota. And you start just doing all the scenarios in your head and it's just like, you got so long, like, just relax, you know what I mean? But it's, like, I think that's why you see so many kids, like, commit and decommit because it's, like, you start hearing their recruiting pitch or you just start envisioning your mind just gets going and you're just, like, yeah, I, you know what I mean? Like, I like that, you know what I'm saying? So it was, you definitely, I think every school that offered me, like, I was, like, okay, I probably can go, there. like, I'll, if I went there, like, that would be a good spot, you know what I mean? Like, you, your, your mind just starts to, starts to go. It's It's, it's hilarious. You were saying something, Tev? Oh, no, I was going to say he was thinking about going to Iowa until he realized that also meant you had to live in Iowa. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm out. I'm, I'm going to take my ass to Duke. <laughs> well, that crazy thing, too, though, is that season, you, you ended up by the end of the year receiving offers from Minnesota as well, Baylor, Ohio State, Michigan State, Marquette, Providence, Arizona, Iowa State. Um you know, and that year was kind of an odd year because you had a lacerated kidney, so you missed a good mm -hmm. chunk of the season. Yeah. But you also got invited to the LeBron James camp, the CP3 camp, which to me would have probably been the greatest camp ever because CP3, I'm pretty biased. Uh, I still think he's that that dude, uh, yeah. but definitely was back then. And then on top of that, you're playing in front of guys like 
Roy Williams, Boheim, Izzy, Calipari, Rick Pitino. Again, yeah. 14 years old. Yeah. Are you even able to comprehend what the hell's happening to you? Man, it was just like, and when I say, when I say going back to, it was like me and my family going through everything. And like, I didn't get here because of myself. Like, I really mean that because it was all of us, like JD, like my mom, Trey, like all, everyone was just as excited for me. Like, if not more excited than, than I was, you know what I mean? Like we were all going through this and it's like, like I said, you, you, dream and hope to do all these things and to have all these things happening but when they actually start to happen it's just like a like you're kind of sitting there like what's going on and so yeah like my freshman year like I said like once I got that first offer I feel like then schools are kind of like we didn't know if we should be the first one to you know do it but someone else did it so we must it must be valid so that's when then the next then the, the U offered me right after Iowa did and then Iowa State came in and Arizona and like it just started started rolling um and so then that's when I was like man I gotta have a, a big you know freshman year and uh, I ended up getting hurt right away crazy freak injury um, that I ended up missing time um missing time with and super super bummed because I had been putting in you know the time all fall and getting up early working out all that stuff but um you know it was just many just blessings just continuing to, to, to come my way. And it was, like I said, it was just um, God telling me like, you're going down the right, you know, path, like continue to do what you're doing. Um, and like things, the doors will continue to open. And so I was just trust, trusting that. And, um, but it was, it was a crazy, like a crazy time. Like sometimes my family will just sit here and talk about like the recruiting process and just like, we had like the biggest names in like basketball history, like, flying into Apple Valley, Minnesota to sit here and talk to us. You know what I mean? Like when you're thinking about it like that and kind of putting it into perspective, like I was 14 years old and I'm getting these hall of fame coaches like calling and it's just like such a surreal thing. And it's just, when you put it in perspective, it's, it's so crazy. And just like, I was just fortunate and just to just be in that position. You know what I mean? Ooh, that is, yeah, I can't even comprehend. It sounds just like, like you said, you're living dreams. Not only are you dreaming, your living dreams. And, and I mean, the, the following year, you end up becoming the unanimous player of the year. That's when like all the blue bloods start coming in. Duke's calling you, Coach K, who's the GOAT, calling you. I mean, you just said you had Hall of Fame coaches, but I mean, if there's one coach to have calling you, he's the coach. I mean, it, it's. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. And I mean, like you said, he's he's the goat, and I think everyone everyone kind of knows that, um, whether if they're biased or not. Um, but like once once Duke started recruiting me, it was kind of like that's when it that's when it hit me that you know I'm you know on my way to you know doing something special with with basketball, and that was that was special in its in its own way because um, like I said, once one school kind of recruits you or offers you another you know the schools are, are coming in but then it's like once once duke did you know they don't they don't really follow i feel like what else what everyone else is doing because they don't have to necessarily so um like i'll i'll never forget like that first combo with coach k or like when they decided to offer me the scholarship and like those things like just stick out in your mind because it's because it's duke you know what i mean so and all the all the ballers go to Duke, man. It's just point blank, period. Yeah, and 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 like even being like a football guy, like 
if I could have played college basketball, it would have been at Duke. Like, I was like, I would have paid money just to sit at the end of the bench for a Duke-North Carolina game just to be <laughs> in that atmosphere. Like, how crazy is that rivalry, like, living it compared to seeing it on TV? Man, it's, like, a hundred times crazier in, in person and playing in the game and being in that gym um, than even seeing it on TV. And when you're watching on TV, like, everyone knows how crazy that rivalry is. But, like, playing in it, just the energy – building up to that game like on campus and everywhere you go it's like man go get them go get them on friday like gotta have this one yeah. you know what i mean you got unc or just like the energy um the focus like how crazy everything is and then when we like when we played north carolina and we we played them at home um that's the loudest atmosphere i've ever been in in my life like i couldn't hear my ears were ringing you can't like think straight because it's so loud that you're not even thinking about the game. Like you're thinking about how loud it is because you can't hear and like focus. So it's like, that's the loudest, um, loudest atmosphere. Like I've ever been in like concert, wow. like any, like anything like that's the yeah. loudest environment I've ever been in. It's just such, I mean, it's such a, a crazy thing. Like once again, like I take a step back and just like, man, I, I got a chance to be a part of, the greatest rivalry in sports and have like two crazy games. Like I played, yeah, played them twice, once at North Carolina, obviously once at, at home. And it's just like, you destroyed both of them. Both, you yeah. killed it both games too, man. Like, and, and usually like as being like the number one guy on either team, the fans are just ruthless. Like JJ Reddick used to get the F U J J type chance. Oh, yeah. Did they, did they come at you like that when you were in North Carolina? Um, a little bit, a little bit. I got, um, heckled a lot, like for, like fans hated that I I like flopped, so I was hearing stuff about sorry, flopping. Hey, like, hold on, hold on. Did you just admit that you were flopping? I, I don't call it flopping. I call it just exaggerating, <laughs> exaggerating the contact. But um, other people who don't understand, right, right, like to call it like to call it flopping. Um, but so I was getting you know those chants and and warm ups and you know certain fans, but like playing at the Dean Dome was crazy. It's just all just Tar Heel baby blue. Like, I feel like everybody had on baby blue and you're just, and it's a completely different arena than Cameron. It's, this one's like an NBA arena. It's huge. Mm -hmm. um, just like packed, just a big, big arena. So that was, uh, I mean, that was, you know, one of the, the funner, you know, more fun games that, that we played in that year for sure. And then to, to go in and win and, and just silence the crowd, like in, in that type of rivalry, like there's no better feeling. And, and scoring the final nine points with 125 left in regulation. I mean, it really I, – I don't know how you didn't get more cocky, bro. I don't know how you just start going, like, walking around right. the whole gym like this. Like I'm just – it was just like a, a – thing. like, I'm just in the moment. I was just, just in the moment. You know what I mean? It's just – you're just consumed with being, you know, on that team and just representing Duke and representing – coach and representing the former players and you know what I mean like you get so wrapped up into being a part of this you know brotherhood and this family that you're not thinking like I'm not thinking I just scored the last nine points you know what I mean I'm not thinking what I just did I'm just thinking like man we just came back and won like we right. just we did our job you know in in this rivalry we know all the former players are watching we know all our fans are watching like you know what I mean so it's like that's how and that's what's so different, I think, about Duke is that they get everyone to buy in um, to the family aspect of it, where it's not about you and it's not about what you, what goals you have for yourself. 
because if you buy in and do what, you know, coach wants and what, you know, is best for the team and for the, you know, program, your individual goals will happen along the way. So definitely yeah. a higher standard. I don't think they'd be cool with you doing the Sammy C nuts hang thing. After you <laughs> the, bucket. No. <laughs> the Sam Cassell no. probably wouldn't go over well. <laughs> No, no not, I, not I wouldn't like. I wouldn't like to have that that meeting with with coach following <laughs> following that. Well, rewind a little bit because um, I, I did. We skipped over one thing I wanted to talk about. The Minnesota, we we tend to drop the ball with local talent here all the time. I don't know why. I don't think we had a chance with you, regardless. But we should have been the first school to offer you. Period. And I think that would have been definitely a better situation. We shouldn't have let Iowa beat us to the, the punch for that. Um, but, again, you and J- Jaleel have known each other since you were eight. Nope. Did you guys already know you are going to the same school at eight? I mean, tell me what was going on there. Yeah, not at, not at eight. Um, excuse me one second. But quickly to touch on, like, the first offer part, like, once when Iowa was the first school to offer me, um, like, I never said it, like, publicly, but, like, I would. I wanted Minnesota to be the first school to offer me. Like that's your hometown team. You know what I mean. Like that's the team you grew up rooting for. And so, like when Iowa did, it was it was surprising. But I mean, it it, it is what it is. Um, and then obviously, yeah, I knew Jalil since I was eight. And but it was one actually that uh, ninth grade USA tryout um, that I got invited to. Um, he was invited to as well. Um, and we had just had this friendship there. Um, and come to find out, like, oh, yeah, we played against each other when we were eight. Like, we remember that Nationals. We remember the game, like, all that stuff. And so it was just kind of, like, a crazy situation. And, like, right then we were like, man, we're going to, like, we're going to go to college together. Like, we have a great friendship. Like, I compliment your game on the court and you compliment mine. Like, let's just let's just do this. So from that point on, we were like, we're going to go to college together. And, um the older we got, the more serious we got about it. We started taking um, visits to the schools together. We made sure all the coaches knew, um, like, if you're recruiting me and you want me to come here, I'm going to school with Jalil. So if you're not recruiting him, you know what I mean? It's like, not work. <laughs> it's not gonna work out. So and vice versa, like he's telling schools the same thing. So um, it was it was a cool thing. Um, it was a cool kind of different twist, I think, to the recruiting process because, like, so many coaches would tell us, like, man guys say all the time they're going to go to school with somebody but you guys are like the first who really you're taking trips together you know what i mean like we're getting on calls with both of you at the same time you know what i mean like it is obviously a separate and individual you know recruiting thing but you guys are really serious about it and i think schools like appreciated that because we weren't just you know just Bullshit. talking to talk yeah, yeah. so it was cool and, and on top of that too like we knew that shit wasn't happening in Minnesota right off the bat. He wasn't coming to Minnesota. So I, everybody <laughs> had hopes. I'm like, bro, this is, there's no chance. No. And chance. it was like, Minnesota, like, for example, like Minnesota, like they weren't recruiting him. Idiot. But I was open about we're like, we're going to school together. I, I don't know what else to, how else to make it seem, you know, like more serious or that I'm not just talking, but like they weren't recruiting him, and they, they ended up kind of trying to recruit him. Like, I think it was our junior year or something like that. But at that point it was just, just I mean, it was a, little, a little too late. So. And I mean, it had to be down to uh, Ohio state. It had to be down to I, Kentucky had to be pretty serious until they, they signed Tyler Ulis. I mean, mm-hmm. was that a big, 
did you just throw up the middle finger then right there and like all right because you cancel your trip uh, right yeah i canceled my trip once um once tyler uh great um researching skills too you guys you guys are are, are on it so uh, <laughs> but yeah i canceled my trip actually after tyler committed just because and it wasn't um like any harsh feelings or anything like that it was just like if you you guys got a point guard coming in i don't need like you don't need me and i don't need to you know what i mean so it wasn't like any harsh feelings or or anything like that it was just doesn't doesn't make much sense which is fine um and i know the recruiting process is is crazy because schools sometimes feel like they need to make sure they get somebody so if they're recruiting this guy and he's taking a little bit longer to decide and they know for sure they can get this guy we might just have to take you know, take this guy. So it's, it's nothing, it's nothing. I know it's a game within a game and all that stuff. So it was no, no hard feelings, but that was, yeah, ultimately like once he committed, Kentucky kind of made their way off my list and it was, I mean, like no, no hard feelings. And, and you know, when you guys, what had to be then Baylor and Duke then, I mean, your cousin had to play a pretty big role. Was that a pretty serious? Yeah. Yeah, so like my like fi- final three schools were Duke, Baylor, and Kansas. Okay. And love love all three schools. Had great relationships with all three head coaches. I mean, you can't go wrong with I mean a number of schools, but like those three schools specifically to me, um, you know, just handled the recruitment the best. I had the best relationships with those coaches. Um, could honestly see myself playing at any three of those schools uh the fact that my cousin jared was coaching at baylor i mean made it made baylor just a special place because i couldn't get that anywhere else you can't i couldn't get going somewhere um or like my mom sending me away to school and knowing that there's family there you know family looks out for family like no other so that was like a crazy, uh, uh, just a, a super plus or bonus onto everything. And um, so, yeah, the, the, like the final decision was extremely tough just because, like I said, the, you can't go wrong with any, any one of those three schools. Um, but ultimately, I just knew like where my heart was. And I just knew, um, like, I just knew going to Duke would, I would be able to accomplish every single thing that I wanted to. Not saying I wouldn't at the other schools, but. It's just something different about, you know, Duke. And shout out Jared, because he's a Minnesota legend himself. Uh, yes, he was sir. a great hooper as well. Um, yes, sir. And still at Baylor right now. Still at Baylor, yep. That's super dope. And you finally make the decision. You go to Duke. You earn the starting job. Uh, I think Quinn Cook was starting with you back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, good Lord. The, the, I remember watching the Wisconsin game. You torched them. Both Carolina games, you torched them. And then, I mean, the greatest game that you played in college to top it all off, the Natty Champ. Mm-hmm. Dude, you're, I, I, I still got the Sports Illustrated somewhere around here <laughs> with you in the picture doing the thing with the threes. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, 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 after, after that, you get a freaking a, a day named after you in, in Apple Valley. Do you even know that? You did know that. Yeah, 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 I did know that. And that's, um, man, like, I feel like I'm, I'm – reiterating myself like I'm just saying the same thing but it's like I was just I'm just taking like everything that has gone on like I'm I just take in stride because I didn't expect any of it to happen or I didn't feel entitled for any of, of the success or for anything to happen I just knew if I put the work in and I stayed 
stayed the course, like I had a chance to have some good things happen to me. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, like the, the day named after me in Apple Valley is like, you don't even, you don't think of that. Like you think of winning a championship. You think of like, I'm going to be the MOP. You think of, I'm going to get drafted. You know what I mean? Like you don't think of, mm-hmm. I want a name. I want a day named after me in, in <laughs> Apple Valley. You know what I mean? In my home. So it's like, crazy it was it was a a crazy crazy thing and just super fortunate when is ty's jones day in apple valley is there like a big parade 22nd guy come on it's april april 22nd um no there's not there's not a a parade or float or anything like that but the day the first day like once they they announced it there was a small parade and there was um like the the horse the horse carriage and mm-hmm. that whole thing, and they announced it in front of the the entire uh, Apple Valley school. There was like a big um, assembly for it, so it was a it was a really cool special day for sure. I, I heard the school is shut down for that day; that they don't even go to school that day. I, I wish, I wish, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know the the kids would love that. You know, would would appreciate that a, a little bit more. Right, yeah, Tyus Jones Day, no school, bars are all two-for-ones, open all night, party in the street, let's go. Right, right. maybe one day, one day, right. maybe if uh, maybe if that, that NBA championship comes, we'll... I'll say, yeah, once you and Ja bring that uh, hardware we'll, home. We'll get to upgrade the day to, to no school, and yeah, so... Well, let's talk about that tournament run, though. I want to know all the juicy details. Stop being so humble. Let me know what really happened behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh... Behind the scene, the probably the the biggest, most interesting piece I can give you is like we wanted to play Kentucky, so like the whole ter- the whole tournament we're watching the other side of the bracket. Like, yep, Kentucky won. Okay, here we go. Let's knock this game out. Okay, we both won round of thirty two. They won. Okay, nope, we're both in the Sweet Sixteen. Because all year it was they have this great freshman class. We have this great freshman class. They're number one. We were number two for the most part of the year. Started the year, I think, 14 or no, something like that. So it was like we were always kind of right there together. We ended up dropping a few games during the year. Um, and obviously then all the all the the focus and spotlight was kind of on Kentucky because they were going undefeated. So it was like we want them to champ- like We know we're the best team. We want them in the championship. Um, but at the same time, we were locked in on our own stuff. We know that's how you – you know what I'm get get knocked out early when you're overlooking, but it's like in the back of our mind, we're still watching. Like we want Kentucky, we want Kentucky. So the final four happens, and it's just it's coming down to like we're gonna see Kentucky for it all, and it's like perfect and whatever. So we end up playing Michigan State, and we're really confident going in. We're playing great great ball at the time, and we had beat them earlier in the year, and we just felt like how we're playing now. Like, we're the best team in the country. So when we beat them, we're then watching the championship game in the locker room, and it's looking like Kentucky's handling business like they have been all year. So we're like, cool, halftime of the game. The next game, we go back to the hotel. By the time we get to the hotel and turn on the game and our team, like, lounge, they're losing with, like, a couple minutes left or, like, a few minutes left. Not losing, but it's, like, a close game. And so we're like, what? So everyone's just in front of the TV watching. And once, like, Wisconsin won, it was, it was like a different focus than I've ever, like, seen from a team or been a part of. Like, we started the championship game prep that very second. And we started watch like, 
going over film the second that game ended and it was every single thing that was talked about from for the next i think it was 36 hours or something i think yeah 36 hours it was like every single combo you had was about the the next game or about our opponent you know what i mean so it was just like the tournament was fun in itself and enjoyable but it was kind of a blur until the final four because like that's what you're you're focused on you're just trying to get to the next game get to the next game get to the next game and the final four experience was once in a lifetime but like we were ready to have to be the the team that took down kentucky they lose and we're like okay now we're playing a team that we know is really good already because we had a tough game against them earlier in the year but we're now two completely different teams um they have the national player of the year in frank you know what i mean so it's just like we knew it was going to be a crazy game but like the the focus and the like how locked in we were the second that game got over with it was like okay so they just beat the team that everyone's been talking about and that's who we thought we were going to play we know how good they are though because we've played you know what i mean so it was just like a, a crazy time but it was a situation where it was like man we worked all year like we were here in the summer putting in you know work early in the morning like we didn't come this far just to to say, you know, we were one game away. Mm-hmm. So it was like that that environment, that atmosphere. There's it was it was it was extremely extremely special. Yeah, and and obviously it's the Natty, so you're gonna get up for it and you're gonna be ready to go. But was there a little bit of a disappointment in we're not playing Kentucky because we wanted to kind of prove and flex our muscle against them? Yeah, like I don't think at the once it once it was like. Once Wisconsin beat them, I don't think anyone was like, dang. It was just, we were so locked in. It was like, all right, let's, we got Wisconsin. Like, let's go. But looking back on it, I think guys kind of wanted to beat Kentucky so it could be like they were the team that was undefeated. Like, we wanted to be the ones to, to end that because we knew we were the best team. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think looking back on it, it was like that. But at, at the moment or at the time, no one was really focused like, on Kentucky because we we knew if we weren't if we were like dang now we got Wisconsin we're we're gonna go we're home gonna just like up. just like they sent Kentucky home so you know what I mean so it was like I think that that was kind of like our stance on it and I'm gonna bring back that you know writing your own story because in that game just an epic game bro and an epic end to your college career too with that dramatic deep three yeah like damn you know what I mean? In your mind, like you say, you're having a hard time probably even hearing in that atmosphere. Mm. But at that time, are you thinking, or is this just all, you know, repetitions, finally muscle memory? You're not even thinking about anything. Yeah. No, I'm not thinking about a thing. I'm thinking about trying to make the right play. I'm thinking about trying to win. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think the first half, the first half, I remember just how exhausted everyone was just because of how much adrenaline you have and how much, everyone's just running at full speed and you're cutting here, running here, sprinting there. You have no, your legs are gone. Like your wind is gone. And then the second half, once you get to halftime, you kind of settle in, you start to hoop. And I just remember they went on their run and it was like do or die time for us. And we started to go on our run. Um, And then the closing, like the closing minutes, like all year coach and I mean the team have been extremely like, supportive of me like they they allowed me to just be me and I just love I love the end of game moments I always have and so they let me thrive in those moments and so like once 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 again they put me in a situation where I could just be myself um 
And so that's why I didn't have to think. Like, that's why it never was like, man, I, I get to try to make the play. I get to, because all year they had allowed me to do that. They had said, it's the end of the game. We, we trust you. We believe in you. So we're going how you go. Either you make the play or if you, you don't, we're going to lose, but we're, we're going to live with that. You know what I mean? So it was like, once I was in those situations um, and I knew like I had their trust and their belief, um, it was, there was no thinking, no hesitation from me. Um, and yeah, like those are, those are the moments you, you dream about. Those are the moments you envision, but it's when it happens, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's unreal. You're climbing yeah. up there. You're cutting down the net. I mean, can you fathom it all, or was it? Did it just no, go man. back too quick? Do you feel like it you was, got to soak it up? Yeah, I, I definitely got to soak it up. But it was like, I'll never forget. Like when the when I hit the shot, I didn't know what I was doing. Like the celebration, like it just just happened, just off of just excitement, adrenaline, and I'm looking dead in my brother JD's eyes. Cause he's sitting off to the left. He was sitting with my dad, my mom, my mom, my and Trey, and my aunt and uncle who were at every game with my mom. They're sitting behind our bench, and JD and my dad were sitting across from them, like across the other side of the court. And I just remember he was just who I ended up locking eyes with because, like, I'm like, you helped me get here. Like, you put in the hours with me in the gym. You know what I mean? So it's like we just lock arms and he, I mean, we lock eyes and he's doing the exact same celebration I'm doing. Like, so I always say like, there's gotta be a picture out there somewhere from like behind me from that angle, like mm-hmm. where you could, where you could see him off in the disc, like you sitting in the second row doing the exact same thing. Like I just happened to like, that's who I locked in with. Um, but then like when the game ended, I was just so emotional because you don't, once again, you think, man, I want to win a championship. I want to, I'm going to go to Duke. We're going to win it my first year. Like, that's why we come here. And then when the buzzer goes off, it's just like the emotions that like flow through you. Like I just broke down crying because it's like, what just like, what just happened? You know what I mean? Like, what did we just do? What, what did we just accomplish? Like we did it. You know what I mean? Like all the hours, all the hard work, the long season, the grind, like we did it. So it was like, I just remember breaking down crying and I just like, couldn't stop crying. And then after that, it was just like a celebration. Like I was just ear to ear, smiling the rest of the night, cutting down the net. You know what I mean? Like you get the hat and the shirts and it's just like the rest of the night. I don't know what you mean, bro. I I actually (laughs) don't know what you mean. but Because you live like essentially every little kid's like dream sports fantasy. You know, like the hometown kid goes to the perennial school, wins the national championship, then gets drafted by the hometown team. Mm -hmm. Like, did it kind of resonate with you that that's what you were doing? Or to you, you just living life? I was just living life, man. I was just living like taking it in stride once again. You know what I mean? Like, everything that I was working towards and that I've been like so focused on is, is happening. And once again, like I never took it for granted and I never expected it or like felt entitled, but when it was happening, it also wasn't, not that it wasn't a surprise or a shock, but it was like, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, yeah, I earned it. And yeah, like, you I worked to get here. I worked to get this, you know what I mean? So it was like, it was like a cool, it was just such a cool feeling because I did put in the work. I did put in the time, but at the same time, I'm extremely humble and grateful for it because I know you know, it could go, it could have went a different way, you know, with, 
one or two different steps or things happening. So I was just fortunate that the doors that did open up opened. Um, but at the same time, it was because of the work I put in and because I stuck, you know, stuck with it and, and stuck to the path that, that I was on. So it was just a, such a, such a cool thing. And I'm just continuing to try to, um, just stay on that, on that path as, as long as I can, man. I think that's why you stay so blessed, man. Um, you know, like you said, staying humble and, and you did earn it. You, bro, you had everybody in Minnesota thinking they won a championship. Um, <laughs> and that's I what think, it's about. Like, it's not about me. It's not about, you know what I mean? Like, I wanted everyone in Minnesota, you know, in crazy that I end up playing Wisconsin. So it's like even right. more of a reason for people back home to to cheer me on and root for me and to, you know what I mean? So it was like, that's what, that's what it's about. It's not about, it's not about me or myself. It's about my family, the people who helped me get there. You know what I mean? It's, it's about all the people who supported me. Like it was, it was such a, such a crazy, um, just a, a surreal, surreal moment, man. Plus more importantly, you get to rub JT's nose in it. Every time you see him. Exactly. Exactly. You know what and I, mean? I do. And I do. He's <laughs> <laughs> let Jordan know all about that. <laughs> and I do. I definitely do. <laughs> well, like you said, um, you get drafted, but was it a very tough decision? I mean, I think it, it's very clear you had to walk away. Like, you did everything you could do in that one season. I don't think you could have done something that you hadn't already accomplished. You know what I mean? Like, you showed you belonged and you – you did your thing. You were very clutch. You made the right plays, and you came out with the shit, bro. Most outstanding player. Um, did you have to have a tough conversation with Coach K? Like, yo, man, I, I appreciate everything you've done for me. I love you, but it's time for me to take this next step. Was it a hard decision at all? Because I know Trey had a little bit different route than you. Yeah. I mean, when I say Duke is such a special place, um, like that's a that's an understatement. Like Duke is literally an extension of home uh, for myself, for Trey, for my mom, like for my family. And so, having to decide to leave Duke um, was just like one of the one of the hardest decisions in my life, but not because I was deciding to go to the NBA if that makes sense. So it was like the decision to go to the NBA wasn't hard. It was the decision to leave Duke. So in a way it was, wasn't an easy decision, but at the same time, basketball wise, I knew I was ready to, to make that next step. That's what I've, that's the, the, the biggest end. The biggest goal I've had was to try to reach the NBA. And this was the time to achieve that goal. Um, I had just won the championship, won the MOP. Like it was, it was my time to go. But the decision to leave Duke was one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. Um, and that combo with Coach was just tough because, I mean, he changed my life. You know what I mean? Like he came into, you know, Apple Valley and brought this kid from Apple Valley down to Durham and let him lead his team. He's the greatest coach of all time. Let him lead his team and be himself. Um, you know what I mean? Now he's put me in the position to to achieve my lifelong dream. You know what I mean? So it was just a crazy, like crazy, crazy situation, extremely tough decision um, because it was big, like bigger than basketball. 
like from the people who work in the front in the in the in the office the all my professors you know what i mean are you know doc you know all the the trainers and the doctors and it's just like everyone's just such a family and so so close that having to decide to leave that um was was extremely it was extremely hard you know talking with troy bell that was one of the scariest things for him because he had mm -hmm. what the way he described his experiences he didn't want to leave boston college he was like the nba is always going to be there mm -hmm. you know what i mean um yeah. but for you again I'm, i've in my mind again i'm not there i don't know coach k i wish i was texting him on a daily basis like you <laughs> but um i feel like coach k would pull you into the office and be like man you gotta go you can't stay yeah and the second I said, I think I want to go to the NBA, he was like, yeah, like you, you are, because that's the right decision. You know what I mean? It wasn't ever, he told me the perks or positives about returning. You know what I mean? Like, once again, you're going you're gonna to be now a, another, you have a season under your belt. So you're going into the year knowing what to expect. You're a year older, you're better. You know, you could be the face of college basketball, the re returning most outstanding player. You know what I mean? Like those things. But he also was like the perks of going to the NBA outdo those. The perks oh, yeah. of accomplishing your, your lifelong dream outdo those. You're going to be a first round pick. You're going to be able to take care of your family. You know what I mean? So he was like, obviously, if, if you're coming in here telling me you're going to come back to school, I'm not going to say what? Like right. I, I would be, he would be happy with that. But at the same time, he's like, no, you, that's the right decision. You need to go. You know what I mean? So, and that's what's so special about him because a lot of times you hear coaches trying to convince their kids to come back pers for personal reasons mm -hmm. rather than doing what's best for the kid at the time or allowing the kid to go live out his lifelong dream, make money for his family. You know what I mean? Those certain situations like that. And that's just why he's, He's, you know, the greatest man. He's there's there's no one like him just because of not not only what he does on the court, X's and O's wise, it's how he impacts everyone's life off the court. Well, you know, if you ever want to link him with me so I can have a new role model, <laughs> let me know because I could use yeah, that in my life. <laughs> no doubt. Like, no I doubt. I still got four years of eligibility in college, right? <laughs> <laughs> I could so be a water boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so again, you go to the league, you get drafted 24 to the Cavs, but thank God the Wolves traded for you. But yes, I don't know. Sir. I mean, both, both teams aren't looking that great starting out, Tyus, but I bet you're just excited to be drafted, period. Um, would you have been satisfied staying with the Cavs or were you just stoked to be back home? Because some people, they just want to get away so they can really focus on their job. Yeah. Some people have a struggle, you know, being back at home, but I don't feel like that's you. You're not that kind of person. No, no. So actually going into it, I knew, I knew before the Cavs picked, like I knew that I was going to Minnesota, even though it was going to be announced, like the Cavs were picking me because the trade, they had already agreed on the trade. It just hadn't gone through necessarily yet. So yeah, I knew the whole time. Rule. Yeah. I don't yeah. Think so NBA's backwards. Yeah. That's, it's, it's weird. It's definitely a weird thing. But so like once I was traded, I was having a big, draft party in minnesota um decided to do that instead of going out to the draft because wanted all my family and friends to be 
in this moment with me to get to experience it because like I said, it wasn't just me. Like I didn't get here by myself. It wasn't just me who went through this. So we're <laughs> the draft is going on. The draft party happens. I get the call. Um, and it's flip on the phone. And he's telling me like, yo, Cleveland's about to pick you at 24, but it's for us. Like we're trading for you. You're, you're, you're coming to be a, a Timberwolf. And I remember just immediately breaking down. And so everyone knew that next pick was about to be me. So when Cleveland comes on the thing, everyone's like, oh, my God, like, Cleveland, LeBron, you know what I mean? Like, you're getting drafted by Cleveland, let's go. But the whole time, they don't know I'm actually coming back home. So, like, I'm freaking out because I'm like, I'm about to – I'm coming back home. I'm about to be in Minnesota. I'm going to be a Timberwolves. Like, what? So, my agent, I get drafted. Everyone goes crazy, starts celebrating. My agent gets on the mic, and he's like, I got something to – announce like we're actually not going to Cleveland there's been a trade and ties is actually coming back home and he's going to be a Timberwolf and so then everyone started going even crazier and was like it was just like this unreal um, celebration dope. where everyone was just like what like that was never a thought because Minnesota didn't have a first round pick so we didn't even think about like I'm not there's no chance I would come home so when that happened it was just everyone was like what like you're about to you're playing in Minnesota, like you're coming back home. You know what I mean? It was, it was so crazy and flip. I remember flip, um, you know, came, you know, they walked right, right down the street. Cause we were doing it at the, the 508 at the time, the draft party was in the basement. And, um, just him walking down and like getting to, you know, enjoy that experience. Like with him, um, it was, it was, it was, it was something special, man. Did, were they in communication with you before the draft? Like, were they like, hey, we're going to try and trade up for you? Or was this like a draft day surprise? It was a draft. Yeah, it was draft day surprise. They, we hadn't talked to, like myself and my agent, um, representation, hadn't talked to them the whole pre-draft thing. Like, I didn't have a meeting with them. I didn't have a workout with Minnesota, nothing. And the day of the draft, they called, and they were like, we're going to try to trade up into the first round and get Tyus if it's, if we f see like an opportunity for it. And I was just like, Oh, like that's, that's cool. They didn't know if they were going to be able to trade up high enough to get me because I was looking at going in the late teens, early twenties. Mm -hmm. And they were like, we think the earliest we can trade up is to 24. And so it was like, I wasn't, nobody thought you'd be there. I didn't think I was going to be there at 24. That's not what we were hearing. So I was just like, ah, like, dang, that would have been cool. But you know what I mean? Like, if I'm not there, I'm not there. So right. fast forward a few hours now to the draft. 18 goes, I'm not selected. 19 goes, I'm not selected. And I forget who it was, 21 and 22. I know, I think I had worked out, I think it was either Dallas and Chicago, something like that. And they had called like, nope, we're going with this person and that person. So we were like, okay, now I'm starting to sweat a drop little bit. back further. You know, what's it looking like? And all of a sudden, before the 23rd pick, Minnesota called, and they're like, we just made a trade with Cleveland. We're, we're taking ties to the next pick. And it just all happened so quick. And it was just like, what? Like, what I'm, What just happened? You know what I mean? So it was, uh, it was a wild night, definitely a wild night, a lot of emotion. But um, – that was just the cherry on top of, I mean, being selected in the first round of the NBA draft was getting to come home, being selected by your childhood uh, favorite team. 
Yeah, Minnesota was winning, bro. We were winning after the Natty Champ, after the draft. <laughs> we finally had something to be happy about. Shit was so like, crazy. Ah. So crazy. And you had four seasons with the Bulls. Um, mm. Something I remember. Because, I mean, again, I, I keep reiterating, you're the, you're the hometown hero. Um, I remember watching that game. That had to be a, a wake-up call for you when you were playing against Russell Westbrook. I mean, bro, was that a yeah. welcome to the league moment where you're just like, oh, my God, boy, this isn't even. Yeah. And I remember the day that so I remember morning, being like, yo, yo, stop, stop. He's going to come around. He's got this. He's yeah, got this. it was the, <laughs> the morning of our, yeah, the morning of our first preseason game. And they were like, Ricky's not going to play tonight. And so I'm looking around like, okay. And they were like, Tyus, you're going to start. And I'm like, I'm about to start. My first, like, you know what I mean? Like, the first game I'm going to start, and I know we're playing OKC, so I was like, oh, my God. Like, that means I'm guarding Russell. Yes, you were. And so yes, then I just remember, like, KG, <laughs> KG was there at the time, and he's like, he's just started snapping. Like, why are y'all looking at him like that? Like, he good? Like, he's good. Like, we going to be straight. That's we got nice. his back. Like, you good. You good. And so I was like, everyone's looking at me because they know I'm, but I got Russell. And this was, like, peak. Peak athleticism, yeah, right? Train you, coming down the middle. You know of the what I mean. And so I was just like, "Yeah, like I'm good, right? Yeah, I'm good, okay." <laughs> and so I remember the the game. The game starts, and I think I I don't even think I scored that game. I think I had like four assists or something like that. But I remember the start of the game, like Russ was moving as like he was just flying all over the place. And like for me, my game is more like pick and choose when I'm going here. You know what I mean? Like where he was just nonstop. And I remember, like, the first play of the game, I, we were running our first set, and I pop open to get open. They throw me the ball, and by the time I caught it and faced, he was in my face, and he slapped down and just slapped all arm, like, almost as if, like, he was, like, sending, like, you right, know what I mean? Like, a message. Yeah, he's like, a bully, okay, bro. This, he's a bully. this rookie is, you know what I mean, like, just came right. in. He probably thinks he's somebody. And so they called the foul, and I was just like, oh, my, like, I didn't even see him. Like, I thought I was open. And so and so that happened, and I was like, okay, yep, I got to tighten up. And, I mean, he just proceeded to – he had a, a easy a easy game. He didn't play that many minutes, but I remember just being like, okay, this is a different level. This is a different, um, you know, adjustment. And I ended up having a good second game, second preseason game. I think I scored like 18 points or something like that. So it was like I was able to learn on the fly, but that was definitely a, like a welcome to the league moment, like just getting thrown in there against one of the, right. the toughest point guards um, in the league. Yeah, and but it, having KG, like, one of the greatest NBA players of all time, like, kind of go to bat for you, like, hey, guys, now nah, we mm -hmm. got his back. We're going to make sure that this all goes well. That's got to be a boat of confidence for you going for the rest oh, yeah. of the season. Yeah, for sure. And I always say, like, KG was one of the best, best teammates that um, I've had to date. Um, just supportive of everyone, wants everyone to do well. Um wants to see everyone succeed um and at that point in his career he was he knew that was one of his last years um and so he was more of in a in a mentorship role anyways so he uh that was just such a such a cool a cool thing for me to be able to have a relationship with you know a guy i grew up idolizing and, and watching and your KG impressions on point too i mean that was that was fire we have to get you to do that again later in the show um, and you, you spent the four years with Minnesota. We were sad you had to leave out, but, uh, 
you end up capitalizing your last year. What you have, you have that st- the NBA record single season assist to turnover ratio record, which your boy Jordan Taylor has at Wisconsin, like that. which you can bring that up to him later. But um, <laughs> you got that. That's how you capitalize, and then you go get that bag with the Grizzlies. Like, we're sad to see you go, but we're happy to see you get paid. I um, appreciate that. Hell yeah, go get the money. Get it, get it while you can, man. Hey, Kyle, Kyle, yeah. if I could interject before we get on to the Grizzlies, I got one question that's I've been I'd need to ask. So, you obviously Jimmy Butler in town. It's you got it's you Jimmy Butler, Cat Wiggins. Like this is a squad that they can mm-hmm. make. They can get to the playoffs. We're gonna make some noise. And obviously, it has that horrific kind of breakdown towards the end of everything. Yeah. Whose team were you on during that practice? <laughs> oh, wow. where he came in the gym and said, bleep everybody. Yeah. I'm going to show you what I could do. Yeah, so, I, like, people don't know this, and I've never put it out publicly, but there was – so I was on the – I was on the second team. So okay, there was, so a, you were with there was the starters, yep. the second unit, and then Jimmy was on the third team. Oh, yeah, okay. he was – yeah. So he was with – and at – at the time, it's training camp, so we have 16 guys. So it's the starters, first five. Second unit was the bench unit, second five. And then the third group was the third five or six guys or whatever. And so he comes in, and he's like, I'm running with the third group. Like, I'm not with the second group. I'm, I'm with the third group today. <laughs> and so that's, like, what everyone – everyone just says like he was with the bench unit, but it was like, he's with the guy, like a few guys who didn't even make the roster. Oh, you know what I mean? Like he's with some guys who they signed to the G league team or like didn't make the the roster and things like that. So it's like, I, people always say like, were you on the team? Like with Jimmy? And I'm like, well, no, because I was on a different team and he, he beat us too. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> so it's 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 a it was definitely a, a crazy a crazy day one of the crazier practices I've been um, in, involved in but just something that like going back to Jimmy like he's him and KG are one of the best teammates like I've ever had. Yeah, so I would not, say you're not, probably not. Su- oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, say that again. Go ahead. I was just say so you're probably not surprised that he's doing what he's doing with the with the young team down in Miami. Not at all. Not at all. And it's because I know what he brings to the table. I know they're they're bought into him and they're bought into letting him lead how he leads. And so it's it's cool to see because I mean he works he works harder than anybody I've met and um he definitely he definitely deserves it, but he, he's earned he's earned what you know is is coming to him and it's it's so so fun for me to see and um yeah, like I said, he's he's earned it. One one question to ask you about that game, you know, that those practice games with Jimmy. Did he really not score a single bucket? No, he shot he only shot one time. And he, he got and he got fouled, I think it was. But he was like purposely not he was purposely not shooting because he was trying to Prove. send a message that it's not about scoring. Like Right. Like I can be the best player and I'm not even scoring and look, we're, we're winning in the scrimmages. You know what I mean? Like he was doing, he was taking that approach to it. Um, and that's why I, so it was so crazy because it, it was, it was working. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, he's not, he's literally not scoring. He's not shooting. He's only doing it with talking and playing defense and setting up his teammates. And it's like, that's what he was about. And I think that's where 
people he gets a bad rep because people don't know all he wants to do is win like that's literally all he cares about um and like that's he'll tell you i'm not the most talented guy like he would say all the time like i'm not the most talented guy on our team like cat is wigs is like we have guys who are more talented than me but i know i'm gonna work the hardest i know i'm gonna play the hardest i know i'm gonna be the first on the floor i know i'm going to be the most unselfish you know what i mean he's like that's where i impact the game so he just gets a he gets a bad rep but you know guys who have been around him um or been his teammates um that's why you don't hear any any negative things you know about him because at the end of the day all he wants to do is win that's all he cares about he'd rather see your success um he'd rather you play well and the team wins than he play well and the team loses so between us i mean what i'm what i'm hearing and i don't want to put words in your mouth but i'm going to so uh, the Wolves basically had all the talent to do what the Heat are doing right now, but nobody was buying in. Is that what I'm hearing? Um, I know Jeff Teague just tweeted about this the other that's day. That's how it looks. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw Jeff's tweet too. We we definitely had all the talent, and I think I mean the talent. We made the playoffs, even with mm-hmm. I mean it was how crazy stuff was, but like we made the playoffs, Indeed. so we had all the talent to do something special. But it was just I think just a weird kind of weird mix weird time um yeah i don't know but i do know like miami has fully bought into to jimmy and he just fits their like their culture i know people talk about that a lot like he fits the heat culture um Mm -hmm. and that's like just the, the perfect way to put it and so we were in a we were in an interesting time like in minnesota we we had kind of young guys and we had just brought in some new vets and um so it was just a, we'll say it was a bad uh, mesh of everything. It was Tibbs. Tibbs, I mean, there's just so many, there's so many questions I gotta, <laughs> I, like I want to ask. I don't even know if you want to talk about it. I just, I just, we just, I just want Minnesota to be out. good. That's all I want. Yeah, yeah. And, Come back. And, I, and it's like, it's crazy because, I mean, we, and we still made the playoffs for the first time in how long, but it was like, we felt like that was underachieving because we knew what we had in the locker room. We knew what we could have, like what our goals were. And it, it I mean, it, it was, it was dysfunctional. And I think it still is dysfunctional. Um, you know, Cat and Wiggins, like you said, super talented guys. It seems as if Wiggins, you know, does get along with Jimmy. And I know the, the newspapers are saying they don't, but it seems like they're real cool. And maybe Cat and him don't get along. I don't know what the, the deal is there, but um, <laughs> damn. We really wish they could have figured it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So well, yeah, uh, now you're down. Now you're down there with with my new favorite NBA <laughs> player. It's like Jaw, Murray, and that's really all I need to see. Yeah. The NBA. <laughs> we'll Can't go wrong. Can't times, go wrong with those. But John Can't Morant go wrong. is a freak of nature. He's he's special, man. I I I'm tell, I tell people all the time like he's gonna he'll be an All Star next year, I think. And I mean. He'll be in the discussion for best point guard in the league within the next year or so. Obviously, there's some great – the league is point guards now, but, I mean, he's he's up there already. And just for him being so young, he's still got so much to learn, uh, which is, like, the scary part. And he's so bouncy. Like, he's got such a different oh, yeah. game. It's so yeah, weird. Like, he does so much stuff, too, with the ball. But, I mean, he he flies. Yeah, he's crazy explosive, crazy athletic, but what helps him, why he's even better is because he does understand the game. Like, he has the IQ part 
to go along with the the freak athleticism. So that's where it'll continue to be, you know, scary for him in, in the next up and coming years when he continues to learn and continues to round out his game, which is already, you know, ahead of the curve. And he, and he talks that talk, you know what I mean? I mean, I know he was going at Iggy right off the bat. What was that yeah. like being on the team with Iggy and him just trying? I mean, you guys were special this year. And yeah, I, it was just it was just a situation like we, I think the media was talking him. about it so much. And we weren't, we weren't even focused on, you know, Iguodala in, in our locker room because it was just like a situation. He didn't want to be there. It's his choice. It's fine. No one. It's not a big deal. Like that's his, that's his personal decision. But once the media like kept talking about it, kept asking people questions about it, it's just started to get old. Like we're not making it a, a big deal. So can the meet, can the media stop? And I think it just got to a point where they were just like, he doesn't want to be here. Like we don't want him here then. You know what I mean? Like if, if he doesn't want to be here, we'll show him, we'll show him that he should, he should have wanted to be here. So it was just one of those situations where, they kept asking, kept asking, kept asking, and I think they finally got a reaction from it. <laughs> oh, yeah, they did. <laughs> and, and the crazy thing, too, like, uh, Grayson's your teammate again. Mm -hmm. it, it, I mean, is that kind of comforting, having him a year in school and then finally having him in the league as well? It, it is, and that was – he had gotten traded to Memphis um, around the draft, and then when I signed with Memphis probably about a week or so later, um, we realized, like – we're about to be teammates again. So that was super comforting um, knowing that, you know, you have, you know, one of your brothers down there with you uh, from the, from the beginning in a new spot. And then fast forward to the trade deadline, we trade for justice as well. And so now we have three teammates all together on the same NBA team, which rarely, now. Let's get rarely happens. Yeah. So we're like, we just need one, one more. We'll have our, our freshman recruiting class all together, which is usually don't even play with one of your college teammates, let alone two of them. So it's, it's been, it's been real cool to be kind of, you know, reunited and reconnect with them. So. Do you be talking to Grayson uh, like, yo, you got to ease up on the tripping with the leg deal. <laughs> Do you be talking to him about that? <laughs> that never brought up. No, it doesn't really get brought up. It's just Grayson just plays with so much like fire and emotion that he's just competitive and it's just sometimes sometimes he's just gotta gotta be able Bend to, the rules to a little bit to, to rein it in a little bit better but it, it comes with um with age as well so um just using it using it the right way but i mean like i said grayson's one of the best people that i've met he's once he gets between the the, the lines of the court he's the the biggest competitor you'll meet but off the court he's quiet down to earth like nicest guy that you'll meet so hey make sure you yeah. tell him i was on his side though regardless i was just joking about the kicking because i'm i'm a duke fan i was not saying right that. right all right so did uh were you ever tempted to sneak out of the bubble and get some of those uh lou williams chicken wings or anything like that <laughs> no man it was the bubble like how the bubble was set up you could like you no one could go anywhere you couldn't like no one was gonna sneak people in. Like there was nothing. It was literally a bubble. You would go from your hotel room to the meal room, to the bus, to the gym. That was it. They had obviously you could go to the pool or to sit outside. They had, they had a restaurant you could go to, but it was like you're literally there for basketball. So there was 
it was basketball 24 seven, no, uh, no lemon pepper wings <laughs> on, on tab. And, and so, yeah, did they some add people that? handle it? Some people handle it better, better than others. They didn't add that to the menu after that, that debacle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think they did. I don't, I don't think they did. Did, how did playing on the in the bubble compared to a regular NBA game or college game with fans? Like, was there more trash talk, less trash talk? Did it feel more like a LA fitness pickup game type of situation? Yeah, it felt more like high school AAU. So, not no fans there, pretty empty gym. Um, and then you just you literally can hear everything. So, uh, I think the first few games you were seeing a lot more technicals being called because the refs could literally hear people's talking to them every single play and I think it just built up a lot quicker than it usually does in a real game because some stuff gets you know drowned out and you can't hear every single thing that's being said so but other than that the the play was was cool because it was a smaller gym compared to like a big arena so I think that's why there was more big scoring nights better shooting nights um and it was it was cool like I said it was just basketball 24 7 so guys were able to just kind of lock in um, you knew why you were down there, and um, I think you saw some people having better performances because they were only locked in on who. You know, another thing I want to talk about with your season with Memphis, uh, I mean, basically, this is statistically your best season, man. You were the most efficient you've been. Um, you got your, your three-point shot up. Is that something you've been working on? Um, I mean, I know you're capable if you wanted to shoot 40%. That's definitely in your wheelhouse. Is that something you're working on in the offseason? For sure. For sure. That's a, you know, that's a goal of mine going into next year, uh, finishing the year at 38 this year, being so close to 40. That's kind of the, the mark, um, you know, when people shoot in the, you know, 40% or higher from three, like of a elite shooter. So that's, that's definitely something that I want to attain and accomplish. Um, but yeah, no, this year was just more just, comfortable just being myself having that the freedom to just play um and coach Jenkins and the, and the staff you know give that to everybody allow people to play and feel like just they can make plays and just hoop and take shots when they have them and just just being able to be yourself out there I think was the biggest um difference for me uh, and I just plan on building on that going into next year having already been in the system being acclimated to the city and the organization, everything like that. I just plan on hitting the, hitting the ground running and um, once again, improving on, on numbers across the board. Q, did you have something you wanted to ask him real quick? I did not have anything. You did. <laughs> Q's in the zone over there. <laughs> Q's in the zone over there. Well, Tyus, before we wrap this up, I want to say thank you. Um, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. We know you're super busy and I'm glad you were able to get Eddie Jackson out of Q so that you can make your team better. Um, we'd love to have your brother JD on or Trey or, you know, I would love to talk with them. Um, but again, thank you so much for coming on, man. You are so appreciated yeah. and good luck no to the Lord and your Definitely. son and everything in your family. God thank bless you. Thank you. I appreciate that, guys. Yeah. Appreciate you guys having me.